This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thank you for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth. And this week, I did not have a guest, so it's not really overly dangerous, I suppose, for me to give my typical content warning on this episode i guess it might be anti-midwestern politics i suppose this comes after revisiting a movie about hiv in indiana and just so many youtube commercials from rodney davis who is getting ten thousand dollars from youtube so needless to say i gotta get this computer out more often because i don't want to upload any more content to that server as long as they are promoting fascism, hate, and the war on women. If you're going to stick around after that anti-conservative rant, enjoy the show. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Welcome back to 90 for Jill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth. It might just be easier to search for me as Russ Stevens when it comes to finding this podcast. If you receive a review from Scoop Staley, that would be me on Apple. If you would please reciprocate that. And this week, as I stated in the content warning, I did not have a guest, and that's not really a bad thing, necessarily. I mean, I know people have lives, so expecting to find somebody every week to provide content for me is not to be expected, but I'm in the troubled position that I'm running through Ali's Trash Features reviews a little faster than I uh, anticipated. That's what this episode is going to be. We're going to cover letters P through S. So we have two more episodes of this content at least, and in my panic I have gone and figured a way to make some more themed episodes for the weeks that I don't have guests. I guess it's just an issue right now of the bloom coming off of the rose. I'm a little, you know, front panicked about how this podcast is going to keep going on. My head's all right, I guess, all things considered. A lot of work this past uh, week. I'm still out to make sure I can create something, and hopefully you all appreciate it. If you do, please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. Five-star reviews preferably. Let's fix that algorithm in our favor. If you want to be a guest, and this is probably more important, on 90 for Chill the Podcast, you know, just get a hold of me. Send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-07 at gmail.com. And offer me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor. I'm going to say that we're going to focus on sub-100 minute material, but I can work as any movie and come up with a way to create an episode. I mean, that's how we got our Caddyshack episode, our Spaceballs episode. I can read the room. Feel free to hit me up, and you can also find me on Twitter at CatBusRust if you want to talk trash about the show. That's where I prefer it. That's at C-A-T-B-U-S-R-U-S-S. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks to Stacia Harden, who's going to get mentioned later on in a movie that I just feel felt connected to called Quinch. So you know what's coming up in queue, but thanks for looking after me and everyone else whose life you touched, and 
just being my motivation to keep pushing on forward at this time. So thanks again for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast, and enjoy the show. Hold on to your butts. 90 for Chill, the podcast, proudly presents to you Ali's Accessories Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review. In a house of mysteries. This hotel seems to have quite a history, Mrs. Elliott. Who are you people? A research team with special powers. <gasps> My God. She's experiencing the past. Because we are all joined by our thoughts. <gasps> has uncovered an ancient secret. I have something I want to show you. <laughs> Metaphysically speaking, I killed myself. <gasps> But they are playing with an evil force. What would you do with the power? You can't save her, Alex. They have given life to a deadly power. We're all in danger. And now a box of little toys. I think someone's in the room, Frank. Has become a gang of little terrors. Pinhead, Blade, Ms. Leech, Jester, and Tunneler. Irene Miracle, Paul Lamatt, Barbara Crampton, and William Hickey as the Puppet Master. Just concluded watching the first uh, Puppet Master, I believe, of nine, at least in the DVD Allie was able to find me. It also has the Killjoy movies, so I don't know if I'm going to dive too deep into Killer Clowns, but I digress. This is uh, regarded as a classic of low-budget horror. I will say that... The puppets at least inspire you to see what the next feature has to offer. So that goes, that's going for it. So it's not a bad movie. It's just a very annoying movie at times. The soundtrack is so repetitive and seemingly out of place for horror. It kind of gets on your nerves. To try building up suspense, a lot of scenes just take way too long. So aside from that, though, I mean, the story is interesting enough of four psychics attending the funeral of a psychic who had screwed them over in their quest to find the ancient arts of reanimating well not reanimating but providing animation to inanimate objects it's really nice to see william hickey as the original puppet master he's probably known best from for at least my generation, he as the voice of the mad scientist in Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas and as the uh, cranky grandfather, great-grandfather, I believe, in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's a brief role, but he's nice and innocent. It's a ideally cast. Surprised how old he can act above his age, actually. He was 62 when this film was shot. Died at 70, so eight years later so so it's just a, it's really just an interesting the puppet effects are great and it's pretty much what the draw is the story is amusing enough as i say it just takes way too long to try building up suspense that may just not be there but as i said right at the beginning 
you want to see where these puppets go, especially after a pretty close-ended film like this one. It's basically who's going to screw up and bring them back and what kind of freaky stuff will happen. It's a great place to start, ideal, made-for-video fair, you know, worth a, worth a watch. Jason? It's Derek. So three years, is it? Well, this is it. It's nice. Derek's taking a little time off school and needs a place to crash for a few nights. So, what is there to do in this town? Oh, uh, I was gonna tell you, there's something we kind of have to do tonight. What's that? It's, uh, it's kind of a party. There are people that are paranoid about the things we do. They're afraid of what could happen if other people found out. I thought Jason and you were, like, best friends. Yeah, me too. He's just changed so much. But everyone changes. It's gonna be starting soon. What is? This is where you'll see what you came here to see. Rise, my children. You just talk to me? And I've just concluded my rewatch of Zach Parker's Quench, a movie I found on the good old days of Netflix probably 12 years ago, which I thought had a pretty uh, cool story that probably put some rose-tinted lenses upon me. It's a low-budget movie, and at that time I was all about trying to make my own low-budget screenplay. It kind of may have hit me at the right point in my life, but... I think it still holds up, at least story-wise. I mean, there's nothing impressive about the uh, look of the film. It's competently directed, but there's just nothing special. There's literally no special effects. It's a story about a boy whose girlfriend had recently passed, and he's just trying to connect with anybody. So he goes back to Indiana to reconnect with his best friend, who he hadn't spoke to in three years to find out that he is essentially part of a vampire cult not the cool vampires in the sense of you know drinking blood lost boy style no these are just a bunch of goth and emo kids 
out of Trey and Matt Parker's South Park just drinking each other's blood as a familiar thing. It's basically this group is trying to convince him to join their family while he's got a dark secret, uh, which only seems appropriate being set in Indiana if we remember the HIV outbreak. So, sorry to spoil the film, but it is just a story like you'd hear somebody tell at a bar something i could probably do pretty well nothing overly impressive you're either going to connect with it and again it kind of parallels a lot of my life after losing my best friend stacia hardened to drug addiction and trying to connect with people having lost well for me never really having a close-knit circle up to that point Thank you, all the midrests, for ruining our lives. I think God has sent me a message. What happened? Catherine, you're gonna think I'm crazy. He wants me to warn you. I believe you're in danger. Catherine, this is Doug Blackwell. Professor? I'm from a place called Haven. I'm hoping you can help us with our problem. Folks are worried that this is a plague. As in Old Testament plague? I've investigated 48 miraculous occurrences with 48 scientific explanations. I understand you're not much of a Bible reader. Some folks just don't want to go to heaven. Best thing's going on now. You just better prepare yourself. Is it blood? The whole damn river. The folks in town think there might be nine more plagues on the way. You're in great danger. Everyone is. just re-watched The Reaping. I first saw this back in 2007 on a first date, and my experience with bad movie experiences and first dates usually means relationship, I guess. I didn't like the movie. My ex, eh, probably indifferent. And then I think of my first movie with Allie, which was The Nice Guys, which I loved, but she uh, just couldn't get behind that one. Just the sense of humor, I suppose. 2007, horror wasn't really my bag. And especially Dark Castle horror movies. We're going back to Gothica here. Really overblown CG effects. You got a great actress, an Oscar-winning actress again, like Gothica. This time you have Hilary Swank. It's a story basically about Hilary Swank being a professor who was once an ordained minister who lost her faith and now devotes herself to debunking so-called miracles. And she's called upon by a town in Louisiana that has just had its river turn to blood and everybody's immediately suspecting, oh, it's going to be nine more plagues and it's all because of this little girl who has allegedly killed her brother. The second child 
killing the first child, basically. I guess you could say Cain and Abel bollocks if you look deeply, deeper into it. It's rather silly, Idris Elba. Elba? I'm going straight nailing it right. Idris Elba can't keep the accent up the entire movie, not uncommon, when he's not doing his English bit. It's another, like, I can't trust any movie Ali buys me that features Stephen Ray in it. We're going back to Out of the Darkness. It's just visual effects are hardly passable. This could have been a PG-13 if they just would have cleaned up the language. So I think Dark Castle had a reputation to uphold, so they threw in a couple of swear words. And, you know, maybe menstrual blood is something taboo for PG-13, but it's just a mess all over. Just, I guess you could say adequately directed by the guy who did Predator 2. It's just, there's just no heart to the movie. And I think... Perhaps if you're of the religious persuasion, it might have a deeper impact on you. I, again, Dark Castle just doesn't do anything good for me, I guess. So I'm kind of afraid to actually ever revisit, or not revisit, go and find their remake of House of Wax. Seeing Paris Hilton die doesn't seem worth it now. Previously on 94 Chill, the podcast... You have no idea how it feels not to be trusted. You've got to trust me too, Chloe. How can you trust someone who thinks you're crazy? How long have I been in here? Three days. I want to talk to my husband. Doug is dead. You killed him. There's no way. What's the last thing you remember? There was a girl. This is the girl that I saw. This is the girl. It's impossible. She died four years ago. That girl came to me, and she has a very specific agenda. Miranda, what's that? Something is really happening to me. Look, I'm sad. You're upset. I'm here to help you, but you have to trust me. You can't trust somebody when they think you're crazy. And I've finally gotten around to Gothica from 2003 with Halle Berry. Robert Downey Jr., Charles S. Dutton, the guy who played uh, Sheriff Gunderson's husband in Fargo. Let's just cut right to the chase. This is a ghost story that ends with Limp Bizkit's cover of Behind Blue Eyes being played over the credits. This seems like everything that was wrong with the early noughties. It's a poor man's David Fincher. It uses a lot of elements. It tries giving you that Fight Club kind of vibe of what's real, what isn't real, with crappy effects, frantic editing. It's from a director, uh, Sebastian Gutierrez, who's known for some great low-budget, like, straight-the-TV stuff. She Creature, Electrolux. Give this guy a budget, and he's not going to do you any favors. It's kind of like he's a genre version of Kevin Smith before Kevin Smith became a genre. It's about Halle Berry, Halle Berry, who's a psychologist at a mental institution for the criminally insane women, who's just blowing off Penelope Cruz, who's there for killing her stepfather, and just assuming that all these devil talk is just throwing that onto her stepfather, justifying the murder and all that bollocks. Does have some important lessons, like if Beetlejuice wasn't enough, never go under a covered bridge in, a, in any kind of haste. It just tries so much to give you this atmosphere that's like, 
yeah, it just doesn't feel real at all at any point really just it becomes like okay you're having fun trying to predict how this is all gonna make sense and it kind of plays off with the weird well like i get back to the plot i suppose it was basically one night rain all the spooky elements Halle berry blacks out after dodging a woman in the middle of the road after going under said bridge and awakens in a mental institution being told she killed her husband, played by Charles Stunton from Surviving the Game, Alien 3. The creepy, like, just the vibe. Halle Berry probably just being, seeming so much younger than she is, and Harry and, uh, and Charles Dutton then just being so, being him. It just feels creepy, especially, and it, and it kind of plays itself out. So I don't want to give any spoilers away. If you're here to watch a movie where Limp Biscuit closes it out, you're probably in for the wrong movie. So I can see, though, why some people would enjoy this, wanting to believe in ghosts, wanting to not feel insane. But it's just like, this is the journey you want to take. It's just attempts to be all atmosphere with crappy, frantic editing, video effects. Oh gosh, don't even get me started on the fire. Definitely not one I would recommend to anybody who, who has a sense that their faculties are all there. But for those who want to just look for some kind of, watch something that offers explanations into what might not be known or trusted, I could see where they might enjoy it. So... Just talked myself into saying one and a half to two stars right there. Painful two stars, but two stars nonetheless. Do what you felt. Michael Holloway. Gas, oil, coffee. What do you do on your night off? Where were you last night? He takes me to these places. I don't even know why I go. He makes me feel like somebody when I'm with him. Something is not right about him. What were you doing Friday? Working? Night of the murder? Yeah. Four murdered women. And all you've got are two empty packs of French cigarettes. What do you say when you raise the stakes? People are not always what they appear to be, Michael. Life is about making choices. And you have a choice to make here. You chose this. You wanted this. You have to go all the way down or you'll never finish it. What are you doing? Feel the rush. God damn, I mean, I opened up the world for you, and now you're closing it back down. Oh, God. Come on. Pull the trigger. This is your way out. Pull the trigger, Michael. I'm your angel, Michael. I'm your guardian angel. And I've just concluded Shadow Hours. 
a film starring uh, Balthazar Getty as a recovering addict who's just trying to make ends meet working at a cash-only gas station in Los Angeles to support his pregnant wife. And it's a pretty redundant existence. Coming from a gas station clerk, I can say that. He is met by Peter Weller's character, Stuart Chappelle, which I'm still trying to find the hidden word in, who basically says, you know, you have to adventure. You just can't rely on being stuck in this dead-end route when there's so much to experience and that you need to experience it all, no matter how much debauchery there is. It's a story that tests of Balthazar Getty's sobriety, and then it brings in, basically, Peter Weller goes off on many Faustian rants, how he essentially is everyone's personal devil, and he's just trying to lead you to the right path. In a sense, it's kind of like, what if Fight Club met, what if Poloniak met Faust? New York Times put it best that never has debauchery been such a bore, and I was kind of digging it. I definitely love Peter Weller just being evil. Then though, it's just, I check the time and it's like, oh great, there's still an hour to this movie. So it kind of picks up at near the end. Brad Dorff's in it, so I appreciate that. Other great character actors, Michael Dorn, Peter Green, I believe, Zed from Pulp Fiction. It's got a lot of interesting things, but it's not as complicated as it thinks it is. I was just basically saying, is this gonna be Fight Club or is this gonna be the following, like Christopher Nolan's first movie? Either way, it's, just a poor attempt at either. It's shot poorly on digital, and to the director's credit, this is two, made in 2000, so it's barely a uh, working format at that point. And as I say, there's just not, nothing happens if it's not Peter Weller just spouting off monologues about what is evil. For Peter Weller it, fans, it might be worth a watch. And I guess maybe I'm curious enough because, you know, having to read the New York Times to try to see if I can figure out, there's gotta be an anagram like Louis Cipher from Angel Heart. I don't think it's that clever though, but who knows? I might go back to this just to see if I can figure it out. It's a worthwhile story, just poorly delivered. Can I hear a wahoo?